Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful spirit of the Lord that's here. Would you like to stand with us and we'll get our Bibles? We've come to the word of the Lord and God has spoken to us. God's going to minister to us. He's already here. You're in an apostolic church that believes in the power of God. There is nothing too hard for God. So whatever you're facing and whatever your need is today, we're believing God with you. We're turning, if you would, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the familiar Hebrews 11. Now we're in the process of saying thank you to all of the kingdom, kingdom laborers at the tabernacle. We've had some breakfast. We've got some dinners coming for those that are involved in different works. But I'd like to say how much we appreciate each and every one of you. Appreciate all that you do. If, if you haven't heard it in a while, I'm saying it right now. I appreciate all that you do, all the hard work. And uh, you can't even, the Bible says you can't even give a glass of water in his name without the Lord blessing you for it. And so we thank you so much. There's so many that labor behind the scenes. They may seem invisible or you may not see them, but they're essential to revival and they're as important to revival as anybody else in the kingdom. Everybody that's working, whatever it is you're doing, you're a part of the kingdom of God and you're making it happen. And there's something exciting today. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost to speak to you regardless of amens, regardless. I'm not going to wait for an amen. I'm preaching this today. I'm going to re, uh, have uh, you read with me, and we're going to be seated here in just a second. But I want to read here uh, a brief scripture that's very familiar, verse 1. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now it'd be fun to think about the precise meaning of a scripture that's translated like this. But let's say it again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what faith is. The evidence of things not seen. And I want to preach this message today. Faith changes things. I'd like you to put your Bible down. I want to preach a message entitled Faith Changes Things. And I feel like God is going to talk to us. If you're here for the first time, you allow the Spirit of the Lord to help you and you receive it. But I'd like us to lift our hands and let's ask God to anoint his word today. Could we do that? Father, right now we ask for your anointing upon this vessel. I pray for each one that will hear the word of the Lord today. Not, not only in here, but throughout the building, in their classrooms, every teacher. And I pray for anointing right now in this pulpit. And pray that your glory will be felt. And Lord, let us receive it. And by faith, and Lord, allow mighty things to happen. And we give you praise for it. Everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you as you're, as you're seated. Thank you. Faith changes things. Now, the devil will surely tell you that it's not so. 
One of the favorite things the devil does is tries to get you to believe that it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to happen. That's the devil's job. He wants to discourage and he wants to deny everything that God is able to do. But how many knows that the devil is wrong? Does anybody know that? The devil is a liar. <coughs> faith does change things. The world says put your faith in us and eat, drink, and have a good time. But faith alone can alter your life and take you to the glory world. It is through faith that it happens. And here we see faith is the substance of things that we hope for. And it's faith alone that is able to bring to us what God has for us. And so here today, we believe that God is able to remove from our minds the false notion that nothing will change things. That we're stuck or that you're locked into something. And I'm talking to someone in the Holy Ghost today. We need the Lord to show us that his power, convince us that his power in faith can do anything. Does anybody believe that today? Could you just get a little, little bit of emotion there? All right, so faith does change things. Now the devil says he broke his neck and so there's no hope. But I tell you, there is hope because God can heal the body. The devil says their mind is gone, but God can restore what nobody else can do. Faith changes things. Somebody's locked in today. Somebody's wondering what will happen. And I'm declaring today in the Holy Ghost that he is going to do what he said he would do. Now, Hebrews lists the awesome impact of faith in the lives of the heroes of the Bible, or at least the Old Testament saints, many of them. They refuse to set by and flow with an ungodly world. They, they simply were not going to let anybody tell them that it didn't matter if you worshipped a tree or you worshipped an invisible God and nothing was going to change. Because I tell you right now, we serve a God that can do anything. Hallelujah. We serve a God that can do anything. Now Noah, the Bible says here in Hebrews 11, found grace. In God's eyes. Is anybody wanting the favor of the Lord in your life here today? Noah found, and of course you do, Noah found grace in God's eyes. So he obeyed a crazy command to build this giant boat in a world that hadn't even seen the modern phenomena of rain. The Bible says it came up as a dew. So I take that to mean scientifically that until that point when the flood covered the entire earth, that the way the earth was watered, was, it was done differently. They had never actually seen the torrents of rain, and yet God said build a boat because it's going to rain. It takes a great deal in the heart of an individual to say, I'm going to believe what seems impossible. I don't even think I understand it, but I am going to believe God. Does anybody have today in your heart a desire to believe what God says is true? He is able... Come on, Noah, you're able to do it. But without faith, you cannot alter the future because it is faith that changes things. The famous 1927 novel by Thornton Wilder, he was famous in the movies for the uh, uh, old, uh, uh, what they put into movies as Our Town. And it was famous because it uh, d depicted 
like a 1940s uh, lifestyle in a small town, and it won all kinds of awards and so on. But his most famous book, which won him the Pulitzer, uh, was his second book, and it was called, and, and I'm going to pronounce it my way, just, just, just give me a break, okay? The Bridge Over the San Luray. The Bridge Over the San Luray. It's fictional, but most people think it's true because there is a San Luray and there really is an Inca bridge that was made of rope. And so lots of people assume that he based it on a true story, but it's a completely fictional story that doesn't take away from what Wilder was trying to accomplish. For example, there is an Inca rope bridge that was built 600 years before he wrote the novel in Peru. And it was still there at that time. And so people, now I never would, they could put it there for 100,000 years. And I would not walk over a 500-foot bridge with a 600-year-old rope. And all you're holding on to is a rope. I was in a huge structure, and they had a glass floor in it. It was the tallest building, in, freestanding building in the world. It's in Toronto. And, and the, but the floor in a certain part of it is all glass. And they said, well, it's, it's a foot thick or two foot, whatever, 100,000 feet thick. I don't know what it was. I think it was a foot thick. Do you ever, were you ever there? It's a foot thick, something like that. Well, that's too thin for me. And uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, they said, look at all those kids out there. They're just three and four years old. They're walking. And as you look down, it was like miles down there. I wouldn't even look over and see the glass. No, I'm serious. I, it, I, I hate for you to know this, but it's, I'm telling you because I hate it so bad. But it was true. I never not, never even touched it with my toe. I didn't do any. I just stood there and said, uh, y'all have a good time. But I would not be walking across a, a, a huge river on a rope bridge that had been built by the Inca 600 years before. I just it's not going to happen. But but Wilder wrote this fictional uh, no, uh, book novel in order to ask the question about those people that he said died, the five people. I won't, I'm, go, I'm not going to go deep. I mean, it's an interesting story. I'm just trying to tell you something here. So here was a bridge that existed for 600 years, and the fictional account of five people on that rope bridge as it collapses, and they are lost forever. And the book is all about why were they there. Why were they crossing the bridge over San Luray? And today, I, I just checked it before. I thought, I'm, I'm wondering if that's still in the highest. And it is ranked number 37 in the history of all novels of all time. Because it asks a question that resonates with people. What is it that causes things to take place? Previously, uh, when they had never known, they didn't know what was about to happen. And so Wilder asked the question, why? Everybody say, why? Why is this happening? Why didn't it go right? Why didn't I make it? Why did they treat me that way? So they were all there by a series of events that brought them to the entry to the bridge over San Luray. And someone said, well, that's just the way things are. And Wilder said, that is not true. These people have arrived at this place of their own choices. 
They have entered this 600-year-old bridge because of the choices that they have made. Fate was not the answer. They had made the choices for themselves, for good or for bad. They stepped onto the bridge over the San Luray. So I am here to say today, in the face of hell itself, we can change things through faith. You can make a choice. I am going to make a difference. It is not going to destroy me. Believing is something that you do. In fact, I would say it this way, but it would be incorrect grammatically to say faith is something that you do. But the word faith and the word believe are the same word. They're just used in different grammatical contexts. So in a sense, faith is something that you do. And I am saying to this church here today, I don't care how many devils there are. Your future is going to be what God determines for it to be. Believing, it is not mental. It is not a religious. See, this, I don't, this is not a claw. This is not a falcon claw. Those are quotations. Where'd we get that? When we start doing this? Do you do this, Sister French? You do that? All right. It's not a religious category. I find people, especially at the university level, they will say, uh, well, religion is good. For, you got to keep that in its place. Like it's a dog or something that you're supposed to put in some special category. Or it's just some action of the mind or some thoughts of the mind. But the fact of the matter is you can literally change things through faith. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can change things through faith. Somebody needs to believe this today. You can make a difference. You see, here's the first thing the devil says. You're not worthy. Oh, well, Reverend, if I, were, if I had this and that, well, I'd, you know, but I'm not worthy. To, to, just tell the devil to stop it. Of course you're not worthy. There is no human being that's worthy. Yes, you should obey the gospel. Yes, you want to do right. But you don't get there because you're perfect. You get there because faith gets inside of you. And something begins to happen. And it begins to alter things. Come on, my friend. Don't tell me you put your foot on that bridge and you had no choice in it. You do what you choose to do. And the choice you make, you can stop right now and say, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. It will make a difference. It is when you put your faith in God that the difference begins to manifest itself. See, some people want to see a little bit of the miracle before they have faith. But let me tell you, do you want to ride a cart where the horse is back there and you're pulling the horse? How many of you do that? Uh, how many of you have a car and you tow it? You, you, 
you pull it to church. Didn't that seem a little odd? To have a car that has an engine, but you pull the engine? That's the opposite. The engine's supposed to pull you here. And I see that the parking lot's full. So, so you got in your automobile and you came to the house of God. So faith is what you have when you trust God. I am trusting God. Now, some of us want things that God doesn't want us to have. You can't trust God for that. You can't say, well, God, I want what I want. I don't want what you want. You can't trust God for that because he's not going to give you what is wrong and sinful. Those who choose sinfulness and put their foot out there, then they have to answer for that. But when you put your trust in God who says, I will hear you when you call my name and you call out the name of the Lord, well, then something powerful begins to happen. Now, Daniel, in this chapter, was to be literally destroyed by his enemies because of the jealousy and hatred of, of those around him, because he gained favor. You know, sometimes people are jealous of other people's favor. By the way, jealousy is a sin. You need to get your foot off of that. You need to pull away and say, jealousy is a sin. Now, people will say to me, well, uh, well, I'm jealous or whatever. And I'll say, well, that's a sin. If you're aware of it now, it's time to back away from that. You have a heart. Now, some people are born with it. They just or they're raised with it. They're they're, they're prone to jealousy or whatever. Some people are prone to anger. There are people who have uh, anger issues because of multiple things that happen in their lives. But I tell you right now, you can say, wait. The Bible says be angry and not sin. So what am I going to do? When I'm about to step on that, I just pull back and say, no, I have a choice here. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to do the thing that will destroy my family. I'm not going to do the thing that will tear me away from the house of God. I will make a choice. Someone said to me, I could make X amount of money. And I said, but can you go to heaven? They wanted to uproot everything in their lives. And I said, you're going to do that just for money? You need to think first. I, this is what I tell you to do. Put first the kingdom of God. Put it first, and then watch all these blessings start coming. But if you put your money first, I doubt the blessings will follow. In fact, you may end up, one fellow said he was going to do this, and he was going to have that, and, and he couldn't let God get in the way, and, and he was going to move right on. And I said, that that's, that's not the step to take. You need to step back. And then think about it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's put our hands together and say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing by faith to see it happen and put my faith in you. So they were going to kill Daniel. But the Bible says that by faith, he stopped the mouths of lions. They couldn't eat him. They couldn't even move their, their, their uh, they couldn't, they could, they wanted so bad. Have you ever smelt the, the meal and you couldn't have it? And they could, oh, they want, oh, they were ready. Of course.
Because I, I don't actually believe that. I, I'm just kind of using that as a little fun there. I don't believe for a minute those lions were even wanting to eat Daniel. Once he got down there, the Lord shut their mouths and cha- he turned them into pussycats. I think they just laid down and said, hey, and he's, uh, he's over there. He didn't even need one of those rings. You know, they take a chair and they're, and they're growling. No, no, no. God took a hold of that situation. And what caused that? Daniel prayed three times a day and he changed the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he altered the events of his tomorrow. Your tomorrow will be altered when you slip away and pray. When you get a hold of God. Now Moses was to be annihilated by the Pharaoh. He dared even walk into the Pharaoh and say, uh, the Lord said, you got to let my people go. And so they, that, and then he marched out and, and then the plagues. I mean, they were, you talk about a really troubled Pharaoh. He was ready, took his entire army. I mean, just think of that. They were unarmed and he takes his entire army out there to obliterate Moses and the people of God. But by faith, he obeyed God and raised a wooden staff in his hand. He lifted up a staff that God had said, what's in your hand, Moses? And God is speaking to us today. And we're over here on, uh, on the corner, on the side here of the road, a busy road here. And here we are in, uh, in Terra Boulevard land and folks passing by. But I've got news for you. The Lord is getting ready to deal with some people that it seems impossible. And the devil says they will never believe, but they're getting ready to believe. God is going to draw them from the pits of hell. And deliver them. He's asking you today. What is it that's in your hand? And Moses says it's just a rod. And he said lift it up. And stretch it forth. Somebody needs to say today. I've got a choice in this. I can, I can stretch forth what God has given me. And I can believe God. And take this whole world. But give me Jesus. I can have what God wants me to have. Praise God. Everything in sight. This is, my, this is my view of that day that Moses lifted that, that staff. Everything in sight began to move. I'm not sure if the earth itself moved. There's no, I mean, I just simply don't know. The Bible doesn't say it did. So I don't know. But everything that the wind, a wind. Now, I know the Lord can focus wind so that it could just blow right in there. But I don't think so. See, this, I'm just telling you, this is Maya. You, you don't have to like it. It's just, I don't believe he sent a wind and said, but don't mess their hair up. I don't think so. I just, I'm sorry, Sister French. I don't think he said that took three hours to fix that do. I don't think the Lord said, oh, those poor women, they spent all day with that. And now look at them. No, I think that wind began to blow and their baskets begin to blow away and their hair was up in the air. And all of a sudden, that water began to part. Everything in sight began to feel the power of the change that was coming. God was going to deliver them. Somebody needs today to say, I feel it. I feel it in this house. I feel the touch of God in my life. The wind blew a path dry through a sea barrier. And I'm wondering today, are you facing barriers in your life? And the Lord has shown me that 
you are facing something you believe will never, ever be removed. It's in your way, and there's mountains on one side and trouble on the other and the enemy behind, and it seems like an impossibility. But Moses led God's people right through the barrier. Now, folks, we're in a we're in a cultural war. But I don't believe it's time to throw up our hands and say, well, we've lost the cultural war. Someone uh, not a Christian, but someone the other day said, well, Reverend, you know, you've lost the cultural war. So we talking about who was right about something. Uh, and he said and he felt if if I had lost the cultural war, in other words, everybody's watching dirty movies, so that makes it OK. I said, well, you're right. We've lost the cultural war, but the battle's not over. See, we're still we're, we're still marching. Hallelujah. We're still believing God. And so there are people right now that are bound by sin and think nothing of it. But I say to you, they're going to be delivered by the power about them because faith changes them so don't you see you must allow God to lead you even if it means walking on the bottom of the sea wherever it is that God is wanting to take us faith can change us and prepare us can we just lift our hands and thank God and say Lord here we are 2019 Lord I need you to change the situation somebody today has already given up but Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to hold back. I'm preaching that it will change. We can change it. Three pages over in our Bibles, at least in my Bible. See, I'm here at Hebrews 11. But if I go three pages, there I am. Is James 5. So I flipped over here to James 5. We have the story of Elijah. I might be wrong here. I'm just I haven't thought about every single name in the list, but Elijah's not listed. But uh, there may be some ad hoc reference that's actually Elijah, but I don't know of it. I've never thought of it as being Elijah. Uh, so I'm going to say it this way. I don't believe that Elijah's story is, is referred to in Hebrews 11. And I think that could be because Elijah was I mean, he had billboards everywhere. And the Lord was like, well, we all know his story. So here, let me let me give you some others. And so he he put some people in there uh, that uh, like Sarah, for example, he put Sarah in the story. She had gotten a lot of bad press. And so the Lord said, oh, wait a minute. You don't know the half of it. She may have uh, she may have laughed when the Lord said that she was going to have a child. But that, you know, some people uh, think, well, then that's it. But how many knows that God can take our inappropriate laughter and then turn us away from the step we were about to take she was heading on to it but she said wait a minute that God said I was going to have a child I'm going to trust God so she's put in there she's in the middle of the hall of fame there so Elijah's not so that's just my you may not think that's it maybe you got a better one but Elijah to my understanding is not listed Though he's not listed, James picks up the same message as Hebrews 11. And he says, if you're sick, you can change this. You don't have to say, 
well, that's just nature. You can't say that's just the way things are. You can change it, he says. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Does anybody believe in healing here in this place? The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And then he uses Elijah to demonstrate this truth. And I want to use him. I believe that Satan has told you that it cannot be. It just cannot be. It will not be. We'll never build a bigger building. We'll never have a packer. We'll never see so-and-so come. It, my children, never, never, never. But I declare in Jesus' name that faith can do it. Faith will do it. Because faith changes things completely. So first James says that Elijah was a common man. I'm not going to just quote James. I'm going to talk about it. So so, so you don't just think I'm quoting the scripture. So Elijah was a common man. Now, I don't mean by that he's not a worthy man. He was worthy. That's not the point. The point is he was just like everybody else. He was a human being. He was no Superman. But it seems like he was Superman because he believed in faith. He believed that faith would, would do it. And so James says... That what Elijah did would change things for eternity. The, quoting here in verse 17, he prayed, how? Anybody remember? Earnestly. He prayed earnestly. I love that. I'm going to keep going. I wanna, I'm, I'm almost done. I just want you to stay with me. That it, He said he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Now, this is interesting because the Lord had said, I don't want it to rain. Oh, Jesus. I don't want it to rain for three and a half years, Elijah. So I want you to agree with me. And I want you to go out there. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Tell Ahab that you're getting. It's just gorgeous out here. And here's old Ahab. He, boy, he doesn't care about anything God says. He's in Washington. Man, he's a big cheese. So Elijah says, yes, Lord. So he goes out and he gets up there and here comes Ahab. And he says, get, get, get down. Because they'd learned by now because many miracles had already happened. And so he gets down. If Elijah says something. The king stops long enough to stick his nose up and say, what are you doing here? I'm going to pray that the rain will stop for three and a half years. What? Now, some of you right now are troubled by it because you don't believe it's ever right for anything bad to happen to bad people. You think bad people should just be let go. But I want to tell you something. God knows how to stop the evil person. He knows how to protect you from the evil person. And God said, cause, pray for the rain to stop. Now, how many knows that God didn't have to have Elijah to stop the rain? Oh, no, no. What God needed was for Elijah to know. He could change his future. 
Elijah could change Ahab's future. Elijah and Jezebel would die violent deaths because of their evil. And Elijah would stand strong because Elijah learned to pray. He prayed and God stopped the rain for three and a half years. Praise God. Praise God. Man, that's good preaching. The Bible says that God heard him. So what if there had never been the voice of Elijah? Now, look, you listen. What if there had never been the voice of Elijah? God wanted it to not rain. But he wasn't going to do it. Unless there was a voice. And Elijah said, I'm praying to stop the rain. And there wasn't a drop of rain. So that made him, oh my goodness. That really, their arrogance. Of course, you know, the rich can get by for a long time. It was the poor that suffered. And many people would say, well, what about this? And try to understand the events that are taking place in, in sociological terms. But let me tell you, the number one thing that God is doing is changing people's eternal destinies. If I don't have a Coca-Cola tomorrow, what's happening to my soul? See, some of you, you never think I should fast and I should pray. You just think God owes this to me. He doesn't owe it to you. He's waiting for your voice. He's wanting to hear you say, Lord, I need an answer right now. I need an answer right now. I'm talking to someone that God wants to do it. He's waiting to hear your voice. When he hears it, it's going to change everything. Could we just love him a little bit? I'm almost, I'm almost done. I want to take another second. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise God. So Jezebel thought she was the cat's meow. But the rain stopped. So you need to speak to the devil and his pathetic legions. And you need to tell him, I am shutting you down, devil. I'm taking your rain party away. I'm pulling every drop of what you want. You're wrongdoing, and I'm drying it up, and I'm calling this generation to righteousness. So Jezebel chased Elijah like an animal, but that's too bad because God said, okay, now, now that the enemy's mad, I'm going to take you over here to a little brook. Don't turn right. Turn right. No, no down there. De uh, Lord, it's desert. No, no. Keep going. Go past those rocks. Go. There it is. I've got a brook all prepared for you. Yeah, but what about the food? And uh, What am I going to eat? Grass? Just hold on. And then all of a sudden, here come the ravens with Oreos. I mean, uh, with, uh, with food. Bread in their beaks. I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> Not that I just want to eat food from a bird's beak, but you know what I mean. I would have loved to have been there. I prefer it right off the table, but, but uh, so I'm sure Elijah did too. But, um, so here come, here come the bird, and the bird just hovers over, and maybe it lands. Maybe, I don't know, but, 
I, I just, I can see so many ways these ravens are coming in. And, uh, you know, Elijah was, uh, in my mind, a pretty, pretty hefty guy. He needed more than a, than a pretzel. You know, when they hand you a little pretzel. I like the way the other day some of the uh, Spanish folks fixed a meal and, and, and it took two or three tables to get it all. That's the kind of thank you, Pastor, I like to. <laughs> and uh, I ate some things I didn't even know what they were and, and then ate things I didn't even know I liked. And uh, it, it, none of that would fit in a raven's beak. But yet, God sent them and the answer from heaven may have seemed a little odd, but God said, this is what we got to do for a little bit here. You're going to have to stay right here close until I tell you otherwise. Otherwise, they're going to come after you. Now, God could have just, uh, how many knows God could do anything? He could have sent a helicopter. I mean, we're not idiots here. God could have said, wait a minute, get the Marines over here. He could have said, wait, I'm going to build this giant bubble and put him in. But he didn't. He sent the birds. And the birds brought the food, and Elijah's doing this, and he's reaching out. And, and in my mind, it's just me. You don't have to like it. He, in my mind, he's reaching out there, and, and the food is just dropping in his hand. A big man. Whoa. And then he had the water from the brook. I feel like the Lord is letting us know that if you stand against the devil and dry up their party, your faith will see you to experiences that you never thought possible. You never dreamed it was possible. You never dreamed that it was possible. Hallelujah. Oh, church, I believe God wants to send us revival at the tabernacle we never even thought was possible. He wants to do things that we never thought was possible. Brother French, come, come to the music. Would you stand with me? I'm going to stop here. Someone tells you they have faith, but they don't pray, then they're mistaken. Prayer is birthed out of the faith that changes a life right in front of the devil's party. And the Lord sucks all of the moisture out of the evil and says, no, no, I'm not supporting that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bless my people because they love my name. I'm confident that the tabernacle and its prayers are preparing a revival for us in 2019. And before we come to pray, can we lift both of our hands and can we just say, Lord, I'm in agreement that revival is coming to apostolic tabernacle. As revival, Lord, causes the enemy, Lord, causes them to, to be upset and angry by faith, it, the enemy is defeated. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength, supernatural life-changing power to have a child in her impossible circumstance of age. But how did Sarah do it? How did she have Isaac when the doctor said that it wasn't possible? The Bible says she judged him faithful who had promised. Abraham and Sarah's faith birthed an entire nation. I believe God has an entire revival. But we have to say God wants to save the hopeless. 
If all you're thinking about are the rich folks over there, no, 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 no. That's not all we're thinking about. We're thinking about every person, regardless the color of the skin, the money in their pocket. We're believing God to touch every life, young and old. God can do it even though it's impossible. God can turn the tide. And if you believe that today, here's what I'm asking you to do for 2019. I want us to gather. They're going to sing something. Could we just come and get a little bit closer? And if you can, if you feel like it, I want you to come and stand with me around the front of this altar. And we're going to ask God to do the impossible on behalf of your family, your neighbors, your friends, your, your friends at school, your college friends, your co-workers. Hallelujah. It may.